I will often retype my memes over and over again to find the right wording where I'm like, mm, that feels like it's got the right beat because it's comedic and I think comedy is all about beats. Welcome to the Close Friends No Filter podcast. I'm Stephanie. I'm Anu. And I'm Laura. And in our experience, nothing spreads faster on social media than rumors about what does and doesn't work on social media. Social media changes fast, and there's no shortage of bad advice, outdated tips and tricks, baseless urban legends, and myths begging to be busted. And that's where we come in. With a combined 25 years in the industry, we're here to help you sift through 10,000 pounds of regurgitated social media BS and get to the truth so you can stop stressing over gossip and start focusing on growing your business. All right, everybody. Today's episode is part two of our chat with the creator behind Working Social, They Said, which shares the most hilarious memes about being a social media manager, as well as some great resources for anyone working social media. So make sure you follow them on Instagram at Working Social, They Said, and also on TikTok and Twitter. If you missed part one, make sure you catch up too, because we had some really fun conversations and also great information about how she started and all that kind of good stuff. Amazing. So last time you were here, we covered your story and how you started and grew work in social, they said. But today we want to talk about memes. So we all know how powerful they can be to connect with your audience and make them feel like we get them. And you do it so well for your niche. Your memes are always hilarious. Like they're so shareable. I love them. I can't get enough. I want to know though, where do you get your inspiration for your memes? Like does art imitate life or what's the deal there? Firstly, it's always going to be my job. So obviously being a full-time social media manager, I am in those meetings. I am having conversations with my colleagues all the time so I think I mentioned last time that there'll be things that I'll be chatting to someone who I work with about and then that night I'll think of a meme to like represent that conversation that we've been having and I'll just send it to them like yeah this one's for you but then I also do like to kind of take note of what's happening like culturally and, and what's going on so like those big moments things like the Super Bowl or anything that comes up when those arrive I'll think well I know that I want to kind of have that in my meme content so what things can I think of that would be represented by that meme so I kind of do a little bit of both mostly they come from like whatever is happening to me at any one time and as I said last time like if you go down the grid you'll basically see like the diary of my life happening through memes like I'll tend to do a lot in one go about the same topic and that's just because that's what's on my mind but yeah every now and then I'll be like mm, what can I think of that would suit this one yeah I feel like you speak fluent meme obviously and it's it's a challenge for some folks like it's not an easy thing I know like creating memes is a thing that social media managers in my community like can struggle with sometimes right like there's a whole like psychology behind it so do you have a recipe for like creating a meme or like obviously there's a specific personality that you have there's a humor that you possess but is there something that you sort of follow when you're creating them and also are there lines that you don't cross or like boundaries you don't try to go over yeah I think that's a really interesting one so my sense of humor as you've probably gathered from the page is quite cynical I do have quite a cynical sense of humor um, I don't know if that comes that's across why we invited you <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's very very cynical. that's why we love you <laughs> yeah. yeah so I know that that's the type of humor that people come to the page for so I know that any meme that I create is probably going to be relatively self-deprecating or deprecating about the industry or like some something that I've worked with <laughs> naming no names but some of the big the big social platforms are usually high up on my hit list but the line that I try not to <laughs> today rhymes with Facebook um <laughs> Ha <laughs> 
But the, the the line that I try not to cross is when it feels a bit mean. So I try and keep it lighthearted and I try and keep it so it feels as though it is fun and doesn't ever cross into the territory of being unnecessarily mean about anybody, particularly other professions. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that it never strays into like blaming any other departments or anything except maybe the legal <laughs> team. The legal team do sometimes. They, yeah. Sometimes also appear <laughs> on my hit list. But... Yeah, they're the villains of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we love them. They keep us safe. I try and not cross the line into meanness. And then I, I think in terms of like recipe, I also try and make things that I know will appeal to other people outside of the profession as well. So a lot of the time I'll show my memes to like my friends before I post them to see what their reaction is. And if they laugh, they find it funny. I feel like sometimes that's a sweet spot because they're like, oh, I could just replace the word social media manager with my job. And I get, because I think so many of the things that I post about are actually not necessarily specifically about being a social media manager but more just being in like the corporate world and what it feels like to work like a, a nine to five job where you're doing the same things day in day out so yeah I do also try and make sure that where I can they appeal to a wider audience but then sometimes they are super niche yeah and I was gonna ask you know since we're talking about this the copy itself of the meme like I think that's such a part that I see people miss the mark very often like they will go like when you and then just write something really long or they just kind of like lose it in the process I've seen a lot of people doing that when they're creating memes so do you have any tips for that like just for the copy of the meme yeah, there is that like sweet spot. I feel like it's got to feel specific enough that it's almost like comes straight from your mind. Like it's got to feel like a thought process. I will often retype my memes over and over again to find the right wording where I'm like, mm, that feels like it's got the right beat because it's comedic. And I think comedy is all about beats and it's about how it reads and you read it out loud. And then does the image or does the video or does the whatever, does it hit the punchline beat? So that's how I always think about it, especially with video memes. That can be a little bit more challenging because you'll have typically whatever is happening in the video and you're reading the caption at the same time. So I'll often watch it back and I'll think, have you understood like the nuance of what's being said just as you're getting to the end of like reading that caption? Because then that's what will often get people to go back and watch it again because then they get the joke. So for me, it's all about reading it, rereading it and saying, is it a good pace? That's a perfect segue in our next question because, you know, last episode you were here talking about trying to crack the code on TikTok, how to recreate this into like TikTok form. And I think that applies a little bit to Reels, even though Reels are a little more comfortable for you since you're so used to Instagram and you have cracked that code already and found that balance there. But I would love to hear a little bit about, we are all here fan of putting memes in Reels form. So I would love to hear about how was your process of adapting? Because I know you started with just static memes on the feed and now you are doing lots of real memes. And I'd love to hear how, not only how that adaptation and all those tests worked, but also what you found that didn't work or worked so we can help people listen to us and ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) So Reels has been a much easier journey for me than TikTok because I had started doing video memes prior to Reels being introduced. So it was a super easy transition because what I did is I took what I was doing with video memes and then just applied that into Reels. 
and it worked it got the views so why change something if it's working for you so that was really simple because that was just a case of looking for good clips good memeable clips as opposed to looking for the static images and then just applying the same principles in terms of creating the captions for them tiktok is yeah it's just another beast entirely to be honest with you and if i ever crack it i'm more than to come back <laughs> yeah. and tell you how i worked that out but um it's just i feel like it's so different there it's so i hate to say it but it is more creative on tiktok i think you've got much more competition you are really competing with the best of the best in terms of content creation on tiktok and so i'm really i haven't worked it out to be honest with you no idea (laughs) i also feel like tiktok has no rules whereas instagram i feel like there are rules whereas like on tiktok i'll like sign on and i'll see like a video of someone like doing a dance with their hands and it has like 10 million views and then like the next thing will be someone like doing their makeup the next thing will be like a cat like there's no rules like you can record anything and upload it and there's a good chance that it might go viral and someone's gonna love you dancing with your hands whereas like instagram i feel like that doesn't work. Like, I feel like there are like unwritten rules almost of what we expect from content on Instagram. I was talking to Manu about this yesterday. Like I were experimenting on TikTok, like as a personal brand for fun. And I have no problem like doing it with no makeup, my hair in a bun sideways, like in my PJs. But when I'm on Instagram, I feel like I cannot do that. Like I would never, ever post a reel like that on Instagram. So it feels like there's an unwritten expectation there, perhaps that TikTok doesn't have. I can't relate with that one because I'm I never make myself up to <laughs> to do reels either. I think it's super interesting. I think so much of it is based around user behavior because on Instagram now I know they're doing a lot of testing and really like changing the home feed. Love it or hate it, those cha- yeah, everything is changing. But prior to that, Instagram was all about who you followed. And so you would you would pick accounts based on like whether or not you liked the content that they were serving. And I think for that you needed to have an niche because there had to be a reason to follow beyond I don't know beyond your friends like you'll follow your friends because you know them in real life but everyone else had to have a niche on TikTok because it's so interest-based and most people spend their time on the for you page it's fully based around like whatever is in whatever is going to entertain people at any one time I tell you that's always a really fun question as well it's like what side of TikTok are you on that you're like why why am I here why am I here I'm on yeah. Yeah. I'm on fairy talk at the moment like all I was these- supposed to go to Target Oh yeah, I love that one. I'm on stripper talk. Yeah, same. You're on stripper talk? Spicy yeah. accountant talk? Yeah. yeah. Then I'll watch one of those followed by some kid who's pretending to be a fairy. Like it's really weird. Yeah. It's unpredictable. But since we're in the conversation over the TikTok and why you see that freedom, I think it, you were, we were talking about this like, well, for us specifically, we don't have a big audience on TikTok. So we're not super concerned that all these people that we cultivated are seeing all this content but also at the same time most people on TikTok like you said are in the for you page so they're not your followers so also it's like we don't know these people who, who cares you know not not like that but it's more free and yeah. I've seen TikToks about that where they're like TikToks aren't for yeah. your friends and family it's for strangers like it's like gives people this freedom to do what they really wanted to do on Instagram for the last 10 years This episode of Close Friends No Filter is brought to you by the social media manager, Template Shop from the social media CEO. Our digital shop is filled with agency style resources designed to help social media managers elevate their client experience and look like a total pro. Shop customizable Canva templates for social media strategies, service proposals, case studies, analytics reporting templates, and more. Our templates take the guesswork out of creating a professional client onboarding workflow, allowing you to charge more and retain your clients for longer. You can 
save 20% on anything in the template shop with code CFNF20. Just head to the link in our show notes and use the code CFNF20 at checkout. So to segue back over to the memes of it all, right? Like I know that most memes, like you said, you you come with a sense of sarcasm. There's a little bit of cynicism there. And I think that does make for really great memes. Do you ever think that there are drawbacks to sort of complaining? And maybe that's, we talked about in the first episode, one of the reasons for maybe remaining anonymous is so that you have a little more freedom to complain about the job in the industry. But do you ever see, get any pushback from social media managers? Or do you find that sometimes you feel like, like I know for me personally, I'm like, I don't want to complain too much about the things that happen because I want people to want this career because it is fun. And it's like something that they can do, you know, like as a freelancer or with a company, but I don't want to make it seem like it's all terrible. You know what I mean? But they're the, like, do you ever get pushback? I guess is the question about a social media manager's job sort of being all negative. Yeah. I mean, not very often, but every now and then I'll get like a comment of someone saying, oh, you know, it's really not all that bad. And (laughs) I'm like, well, um, the, the, account is supposed to be lighthearted and I hope that anyone that follows it recognizes that it is it is coming from a place like I enjoy my job and I enjoy what I do there are obviously things about it that are less than ideal but I think that for me those memes are like an outlet for I don't think any job is 100% perfect so they are the small things that are like realistic about what it's like to be a social media manager I would post some of the more positive things but quite frankly they don't perform very well so I don't <laughs> You're like, as a social media manager, it won't get great engagement. So I'm not going to do that. I'm like, you guys tell me what you want me to post because you double tap it and you like it. So if you enjoy me saying this was the best day at work ever and it gets like 10 likes, that's why I don't post that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something therapeutic in the venting of it all and knowing that you're not alone. I think that honestly like has helped you really create a really strong community because you're like, okay, I'm not alone in this. This has happened to many, many other people. And so I think, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's more positive than negative, but I just wonder if people don't get the joke and they're just like, why is she complaining all the time? Why don't you just get another job? <laughs> yeah, no, every now and then I do get that. And I'm like, well, I do actually really enjoy my job. And if you, if you don't, like if you're really triggered by my memes and you don't want to do this job anymore, like that's on you. <laughs> like, on a more personal, my business level, I am the same. Like I'm very sarcastic in my content, you know, and that's my personality. I crack jokes. I'm 90% of the time not just being serious and straight face. Most of the time I'm joking and a lot of people don't get the joke and they get offended. So that made me actually find my niche. And I told the girls here the other day, and now I say that I help ethical brands with a sense of humor. That's my niche. And I found that because I'm like, people are not going to have fun here if they cannot see that this is a joke, you know? And like I said, I always try and not cross that line yeah. into being really mean and really straying into that territory. I think it's all about just being lighthearted yes. and every now and then I do catch myself there. I'll see like four or five memes in a row. I'm like, oh, I probably should like shift. I'll shift topic now because I'm sure people are going to be sick of me complaining (laughs) about this. But um, yeah, it's all meant to be lighthearted, all a joke. So we know you started on Instagram and you quickly grew your audience of over 70,000 followers, which is obviously not an easy feat these days. Yeah. I want to know what other platforms are you using and how do these play into the overall brand strategy? So I know we talked about this a little bit, but I want to know as well, like, is there a difference in your audience on those platforms compared to your audience on Instagram? And do you have a preference? Which platforms are you using and how do they play into the overall brand strategy? So for work and social, they said, oh, I've never really referred to that as a brand. That's yeah, interesting. You uh, are. Yeah, it is a brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my brand that yes. I run 
on the side <laughs> for fun um, alongside another full-time job. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I am on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok now. Twitter and Instagram are probably the most comparable, although I find that Twitter, Twitter probably really is my place. I think Twitter is just filled with cynicism and yeah, like, yeah. people t- people dry having hot humor. takes yeah, and totally. very dry humour, yeah. Um, so like, I, I really yeah I found my groove on on Twitter quite easily and just kind of push out all those one-liners Instagram I feel is obviously where I started um and I do enjoy creating for there I think the difference is, is that I can't get away with as much dry humor as I can get away on Twitter. I really think Twitter I can go quite hard um Instagram I do have to try and make sure that the line is like not too blurred and as I said like that meanness or complaining too much TikTok no idea no idea what I'm doing there no idea who I'm that makes for. it very relatable um, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't know what yes <laughs> yeah I've got I've got no yeah. idea what's happening but I do have a, a TikTok in my drafts at the moment where I'm trying to work out like if the social platforms were Mean Girls characters who would they be and oh, so yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, in my head oh. like, mm, TikTok is Katie that's yeah a hundred percent for sure really oh hundred percent yes no yeah Instagram's definitely Regina I feel like do you think yeah, yeah, I gotta think yeah. about Mean Girls is my favorite movie in the world, and I feel like you just asked me the most important question. So I'm like, <laughs> this is a big deal for me. This is a big deal. Stop the podcast. We need yeah. to sort this out. <laughs> I could. Yeah. You're right. I could see Katie as as TikTok, but the thing is, is she comes out really mean, and then she goes back to being nice. And I haven't seen that from TikTok. I've just seen like 100 percent wholesome content from that. I feel like Twitter is Janice, right? Yeah. I feel like she's like Discord or something. Like oh. she's like edgy. She's on her own little own planet. I love her. Say obvious that this meme is gonna work. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's yeah, it's generating lots of engagement here. Yeah, I mean we can edit this out because this could go on forever. Engage. But I think that uh, <laughs> I think that Twitter is Gretchen. She, her hair is full of secrets. That's why her hair's so big. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is, so is Karen Pinterest? Like, what does this mean for Karen? Is she she's Facebook? Facebook. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Totally. I could see that. Oh my god. I really hope that I finish this TikTok by the time that this podcast comes out. You've got to now. Um, okay, so we know that you're on all these platforms. Which one's your favorite to create for? I mean, I do really enjoy writing tweets and I love creating like the reels memes and the videos memes. So I love that on Instagram. I feel like when I crack the code on TikTok, if that ever happens, I don't know, I love all of them. They're so they're so different for different reasons. Um, I don't really think that I can pick one and I definitely couldn't do it without any of them because I yeah. feel like every time you pick up a new platform and you learn new skills, it then translates to the other ones. So Absolutely. like writing, writing on Twitter yeah. kind of really informed my Instagram strategy. Creating videos on TikTok starts to inform reels. So yeah, I don't really have a favorite. We know your least favorite is Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. actually, I, I say I say that I am on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. I am actually also on Facebook, but I mean, I never even changed my profile picture. So yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So to close our chat today, I wanted to see. Just we try to end with some kind of advice or something that people can take away. But I wanted to see if you have any advice for people who want to engage their audiences a little more. It's the million dollar question, you know, even though it's broaded, but some of us or some people right now are frustrated how it's hard the current landscape of course we know the more people on instagram the more people pumping content out there the more competition so if people are feeling a little deflated about that do you have any kind of tips or something they could do for a quick win or a longer term strategy 
I think number one would be like on a really practical note to do an audit of your content and see like what is already resonating with your audience. What are you seeing that is performing well and where you get, you know, the best sentiment in the comments or the things that will promote DMs to come through because that will be telling you what your audience wants to see. But then secondly, on a more long-term basis, I think you have to, and this applies to Instagram, don't ask me about TikTok, as I've said, I have no idea. Um, (laughs) But on Instagram, I think that you do have to think about that niche. You do have to think about what is it about you that is different to everybody else and why would anyone follow you and I think that you see so many accounts that will pop up and basically just copy other account strategies and yeah you might grow to a certain size and fine but there's never going to be a reason to follow you over anyone else if you haven't worked out what that special that special thing is and finding that I think is all about working out what you're passionate about and what you enjoy creating content around and what gives you joy when you're creating your content working social (laughs) it always makes me laugh when I have to call you this. Um, it was such such an honor for us to have you here. You're our first guest ever in the podcast. We have kept to the three of us in the first season. So very, very fun. We started with a bang because we're all big fans. And we really, really appreciate you taking your time. I know this is like evening for you to just share your story and share advice with anyone that is listening. And for anyone that is listening to us that don't follow already, Working Social, they said on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and Facebook. Get on it. Maybe not Facebook, but yes, get on it because you are going to love it. We're all huge fans. So thank you. Yes, thank you. This was great. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Steph. And I see everybody back on the next episode of Close Friends No Filter. Thanks so much for listening to the Close Friends No Filter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review or share it with your close friends. And make sure to follow this podcast so you never miss a new episode. You can learn more about each of us, submit your questions or new episode ideas, or just say hi by heading to www.closefriendsnofilter.com or by following us on Instagram at closefriendsnofilter.com.